how, actually, how did that influence your art? I'm not sure. I, I can't think of that one moment. It's a culmination. I, but I think it was one moment there where I realised I was Māori. And it was okay to be a Māori woman. So what did you think you were? A nothing. I didn't think of... You kind of feel like you don't fit in anywhere with your own people or with the others. Because, you know, I, I'm I'm Irish, Portuguese, French as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably more tauiri in me than there is Māori. Artist and teacher Linda Munn says it's her taha Māori, her Māori heritage that is the strongest. It's almost the end of the day for a handful of art students at Toi Ohomai Institute of Technology in Tauranga. We're sitting in the classroom of, in the building at Toi Ohomai with my students, who are, some of them are still here, the usuals. Um, we're working on um, materials and processes, so that's why they're still working with paint and design. The course tutor and artist Linda Munn says she feels most comfortable in her class, hanging out with her students and witnessing the changes in them as they create their pieces. On the eve of an overseas trip, she is making a few paintings of the Tinorangatiratanga flag that she'll take with her to Seattle. In your words, Linda, what's this represent? Well, Tinorangatiratanga is about... Well, for me, it's, it's a set of values that I've always lived by. And for me, it encompasses those of, you know, like autonomy, which we should, each of us, even if you're not Māori, we should all have a choice of how we live our life, as long as it's in a positive view. But for us, Tinoa is about um, foremost moving Māori forward. In this series, Mana Tangata, we feature profiles of Māori who are trailblazers in their line of work. For the next few weeks, we will look at the kaupapa of digitising waiata of Ngāti Kahungunu with Dr Jo Tirito, the history of the Māori language petition with Dr Cathy Dews, and the contribution to Māori education made by Ka and Tāwhiri Mātia Williams. I'm Justine Murray and this is Tiahika on RNZ. Tonight, Linda Munn. She can count on one hand the number of interviews that she has done over the years. Her iconic creation, the Tinorangatira Tanga flag, is now arguably a symbol of self-governance and manamotuhake. She's uncomfortable talking about herself and would rather be working alongside her students or somewhere hanging out in the background. She describes herself as a tea towel girl. But it was her father, who passed away in 2016, that told her she had to suck it up. She likes talking about other people's art and, at times, her own work too, which she says is inspired by tikanga, that includes burial customs and Māori women. I ask Linda Munn about her iwi connections. Um, I affiliate to um, Ngāti Manu in Ngāpuhi, Ngāpōtiki in Tarangwana, uh, Tiatiawa, Naitahu, and home is probably Ngāpuhi. Even though I reside in Tauranga, my grandfather's from here, so and my children went to school here, I work here, so it's home for now.
I have nannies who were uh, weavers and tupuna who were whakairo tohunga. My mother was a weaver and she liked to paint and clay. And then I was surrounded by people. Um, I've always wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be an artist or an archaeologist or a fashion designer. But something creative, obviously. Always. Yeah. Always something. Yeah. I can't think of a moment when I didn't want to do art or be part of the arts. Because I was brought up overseas, born in Christchurch, but brought up in Malaya and Singapore because Dad was in the army. So, you know, me and my brothers saw lots of different cultures and I think that's probably impacted on my early learning from, I think I was two when I was on a plane. So how did you um, connect with your whakapapa Māori when you were overseas? The thing about being in the army, that is a culture. So it's kind of like token plastic stuff. You know, everyone does the Māori concert party. My mother was in it, you know, it's like seeing those old favourites. This old classic waiata. Yeah, you know, <laughs> put on a show for whatever. But I think um, for me, hunting, I, I went looking for my whakapapa because I wasn't brought up with it. wasn't brought up with anything Māori. My dad was an orphan from a young age, so... Um, he ne- he never had that. When I um, became part of the Black Women's Movement at 19 is when I think I thought about it because I hadn't long left school. I was at school until nearly 18 in Christchurch. Yeah, in Christchurch. So tell me about the Black Women's Movement. What well, was... I think it was, that was huge. It was a, another world I'd never, ever seen before. Was it Polynesian Panthers or...? No, this is more around um, all the support groups around women. Domestic violence, there was women's rights. It was just about empowering women from all all cultures, uh, especially like the Polynesian, the PIs as we call them back there, and Māori. And because I was one of the, the little babies, so I learnt... Lots watching quite high high profile people mm. from then and didn't want to be like them. Right. So this was born out of um, Christchurch. This movement. No, or no, no. This is Auckland. I oh, this came, is Auckland. I came to Tauranga for a holiday to my grandparents after school and stayed in the north. Never went back. So and then I ended up working at Nestles in Auckland at yes. nineteen. And I met this guy and his sisters were part of ah, it. Okay. That's how I got in there. So this is all before your 20s, this is like yeah. 18, 19. So you're in Auckland working, working for Nestle's, or Nestle's Chocolate, um, the company. And anyway, I had a child to um, this guy who was not very nice, not a very nice person, but um, his sisters were cool. And then I met people like Hilda Harawira, yep. who's married to Hune, their babies were young. But I left Auckland at some point, ended up back up in Kaitai, my parents had a farm in Hohora. Met, met up again with Hone and Hilda and so went back into Takawariki. That was like the the far north branch of the movement. Yes. That was Hikoi, that was back to Waitangi and 89 is when um, kind of the flag came about. So in front of us here in um, Linda's classroom at Toi Ohomai, um, formerly known as um, the Bay of Plenty Polytechnic, it's a merge between Bay of Plenty Polytechnic okay. and Waiatake, yeah. yes. So 1989, oh my gosh, we're looking at two years away from, yeah, 30 years ago almost. The Tenorangatira Tanga flag is what we're talking about. So um, what made you create this oh, no, um, iconic... Te Kawariki came out with this flag competition and offered it around 
to different upu around the country um, as a way of putting in, you know, entries in any way. And this is a culmination of lots of people, you know. I always think they always talk about myself, Jan and Hirana. Oh, that's Jan Dobson and Hirana Marsden, about being the creators. Mm. But, you know, for me there was a lot of people behind this, lots, and a lot of them aren't with us anymore. You know, whether it was in terms of uh, kaupapa, all sorts, you know. Um, I think Hedina started it off. I still remember that day. I think it was around about Labor Weekend. Got its finesse. And then Jan and I sewed seven flags before the 1990 celebrations. Yes, yeah. But they were double. We, we spent three days sewing those things. They all had separate components. And we sewed them on my ex-mother-in-law's um, sewing machine and overlocker. And so that they flew for 1990. And someone's got... Oh, who knows? They've disappeared <laughs> over the years. But, oh, no. But, Seven uh, of them. Yeah. But somebody will have them, hopefully. Hopefully. Linda has been involved with the Women's Refuge for many years. She says her art is an expression of her political views. That's my political. That's about as political as I get. And I do it for art. And I get political with my students too. It's about empowering them. So, you know, it goes everywhere. It's everywhere. But the flag, every time I... Sometimes I shudder when I see it and I just don't want anything to do with it. Really? Yeah. People expect... I don't know what people expect sometimes. So when there's a mass here a parliament or any sort of um, protest and oh that is featured at yeah. the front of the hikoi. Oh, no, that makes, gives me the warm and fuzzies. Yeah, yeah. That makes me feel that our people have... have it gives them hope. That, that simple, it's ours. It's not, it doesn't have a, a colonised design. It, doesn't, it comes from Māori. It's for Māori. It's how, and it's for them to however, feel however they want, you know? It's not only for hikoi. It's if it makes you, if it gives you inner strength and thinks I'm going to do that, you know, if it can empower you, you know, kia I'm not a, um, I don't do, I'm not a time waster. It's like if you ask me something, I'm going to tell you. So when you just said before, sometimes it, it, you shudder. I, don't, I think it's like, um, I don't know, oh, it's like people want a bit of you. And so I'm thinking, they think because, you know, they think like celebrity bullshit. I, I can't stand it. It's like, I get really embarrassed, you know, because it, this is a nation. This is it's like, I'm just one little Maori girl, raid little Māori girl from Christchurch, mate. Belongs to everybody. But when it comes down to the copyright, it's mine. Especially when people make money out of it and try to claim it. You know, it, um, the, the co-bubble we had was that any profits from this, whether through T-shirts and flags, mm. would go back to Marae, go to Kuangareo, Kurakaupapa, and um, we always thought we wanted to start up an art school in Napuhi that, you know, talked about Napuhi tanga. But you haven't. I mean, so the commercialisation of your I shudder. You shudder at that because I can't think that anything that's been so. Um, what's the word? There's a word I've just forgotten. When people take advantage of something, like the Chinese took it offshore, and it's just everywhere. Which is not a bad thing sometimes, because if you were to buy a flag from the flag company, it's hundreds of dollars. 
Whereas our people can go to the $2 shop and they can buy, get them a flag, makes them feel good, they stick it on their car. Accessibility versus commercialising. That's it. Yeah. Exploitation. Which is with Māori, we know all about that. Money's not an issue with you when it comes to this. You've never sought to make a, a, a living. Yeah, I if mean, I need to. Yep. Like I sold my original so I could get an airfare to go to um, Seattle. I'm not attached to it. Actually, no, I think I did see something on yeah. Facebook where Got you did it. Auction, yeah, auctioned off. That's I right. Mean, my dad had it held on to that for me for 20 years because now I get my dad was my archive in, in Bay of Islands. So I thought. If I want a flag, I'll just make me one. Mm, mm. But this flag was funny because nobody else wanted it when it came out because the quarters had been joined. So nobody wanted it because it was a mistake. So I said, oh, I'll have it. So one of my friends, Huey, my whanaunga from East Elizabeth Titiko, he wanted it bad. <laughs> so he got it, and hopefully he's got it in the post by now. <laughs> You talked about your involvement with the refuge before. You've been involved with them for a number of years. I was a victim of domestic abuse as well, which is why my sons and I ended up back down here. We left the far north. And, um, yeah, that was, yeah. So I had been involved with, uh, when you're in a, a women's group, you're always part of refuges. So in Kaitai we had a group called Hiniafina. Hiniafina. So, and then I went to... Jan, they decided I was going to art school. The other designers, they, they decided, right, you're going to art school because we need you to learn this stuff, especially around the copyright and patent. So, yeah, I went, yeah, because they're the big, the big sisters. So, yeah, OK. So I moved to Whangarei, applied to go to... Um, it was applied arts anyway. It was a diploma in Māori art and design with Alan Wehoi. Best thing I ever did. But that time I was still in the middle of this other stuff that was going on, but... The sister said, go, oh, we went. So we up, moved to Whangarei. And, uh, yeah, spent three years working mm-hmm. towards her, yeah. Didn't finish it, though. Had to leave. Right. That's cool. Gave me insight on how I love to study. But Women's Refuge has always been close to my heart. And kind of, most of us grew up around kind of the abuse of some sort, you know. And you're a liar if you didn't. Because we all have little episodes, even though how much you trivialise you know, domestic violence, whether it was between brothers and sisters or mother and father. But yes, my other big passion, so women and children. Where, which which refuge were you in? Auckland or Tauranga? Oh, sorry, Whangarei, then you left Whangarei. And we came through refuge down to this refuge. Oh, this is 20 years ago. 20 years ago. And now um, my sister's at refuge, the massive Hazel Huppy, who's like the, you know. So um, she wanted me in on the trust and the collective because... It's another one who made a big fuss about the flag and stuff. She's like my, I have these cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah they are. They are. But you know, um, I mean, I love it when they do it because. But these are women of, I don't know. They work. You know, they're not just dead. They don't know pahu pahu. Mm. These women are hands on, and they work hard to keeping our women and children safe. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and trying to change the attitudes and. Just things, so yeah. As an artist, does that have any influence on your Big work? Time. Yeah, yeah. I make some of my best work is made out of angst, as my buddy Nigel Burrell would say. The sadder the people are around me, the better my art is. Really? It's funny, yeah. 
because so if I'm sad, I have to find other people's angst. Like you know, and one of the key things for me is death. When when I lost my dad last year, oh, that was huge. That was huge. I lost my moko a few years ago. So if I feel like I'm running out of stuff, yep. I just think about them. <laughs> right, it's enough. But, yeah, and yeah, he, he died. Baby died of cot death. My dad died suddenly. So it's just that whole. So I think my work talks about loss and grief, and then it goes back to Papa. It talks about Māori in general, about our loss, our grief, whether it's through Papa and land, or just being disconnected from Māori. It talks about all that stuff. Yeah. So there's a large component of pody in your work mm. of sadness, but they're bright paintings. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> You've got, you haven't got anything in here that you can... No, 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 no that's no. okay, we're in... Okay. No, but they're all... Because turquoise is one of my favourite colours, but sometimes people, they see the sadness in the eyes, some will pick up and then they'll see other things in it. If they're tuned in, some of them would just... Yeah, I wouldn't have it hanging in my house. My own mm. No, I don't like it. I, I, Some people, I like that we artists, they don't have their own work. It's just that... I prefer to be surrounded by other people's work. Yep. You stare at something, you think, "Oh God, I hate that." Something that you've done. Yeah, and sometimes it can it can make you become stagnant as well. And I know quite a few of my friends who don't have their own work up. I'm not an artist, but if you have your work up, would you kind of look at it and go, "There's something in it that you didn't see before," or do you, yeah, you pick it apart? Too, yeah. Analyze it. It's just better like you just get them out. Of it. I might as soon as something's finished, it's gone. It's released or it's gone. Yeah. So do you give your art, um, it gets, sell it? Um, yeah, it goes to all the above. It gets sold, gets given. always find I like to give peace, give work. You know, for, you see, you know when the, the work goes to the right person. The kaupapa is precious. But, you know, the whole giving is precious. But I'm not precious about the work. <laughs> Linda talks about her moko kauai, or the tāmoko she received, on her chin. What made you transition into that space of receiving moko? I've been thinking about it for 10 years. Mm. I think it was a more of a, um, a feeling of being worthy because um, you know it, it, and I thought no not at that point and I thought then it's kind of I met the right person who could do it for me and he, you know and we called it all he's an artist himself and tikanga base you know and um, <coughs> it just felt right the right time you know, it's just one of those things, what do I do next? And, oh, I'll go get... It wasn't like that. No. It wasn't like... Oh. It was like... that was huge. It was a huge emotional... More the, so than everything else I have on my body. Yeah. When we... And because I'm the first moko in four generations to have a moko kauai. So four we're looking generations? At on either side. Ngāpuhi, um, Tauranga, and Te Ateawa, Ngātahu. Well, my, I had them. I had photos of them with me, my nans. So, my whanau and Te Atiawa are from Parihaka, the skippers, yes. and because I had a photo of my um, nanny Nahiri, and she died in the 40s, I think. But her her kauai. Then I got a nanny from up north, the fourth generation, and the one from here, Lena Williams, who was my great great grandfather's wife. So, it was okay. It was yeah. okay. It's like you you, uh, you kind of talk to them first, <laughs> but you do. They'll tell you if you you can't wear it. And then um, some people didn't even realise I'd had it done. 
because it's like it's always been there for kawai, it's always if it's meant to be yours, it's always been there. Mm. So this is acknowledges all my great great grandmothers. And is it a mix of the designs that they wore, or is it no. I yeah. wanted something new for my moko, yeah, because I have a moko who will wear it. She's already told me. She <laughs> yeah, we long long way from now. But yeah, so this is something that my mukopuna will wear, and hopefully not in four generations. It's late in the afternoon and a couple of students are still in class. I ask Linda what she enjoys most about her work as an arts teacher. It's watching... Um, oh, you've got two get students in yeah. here. Yeah, yeah no, it's always these two, last two. Um, it's watching them get passionate about art. It's watching them find something they didn't know they had. Because, you know, they come in here, no confidence. Hmm. You know, um, this is their happy place. We call it their happy place. Whatever shit's going on out there, you come in here, it's all about you. So you come in, you make art, we listen to music, we eat, we laugh. Mm, mm. You know, yeah. I think for me it's watching that, it's watching them grow. It's people too, and as artists. Yeah. And then trying to get them, talk them into doing the degree. Because oh, what, what do you teach? Is this a diploma certificate? No, it's a certificate. certificate. So I, they bring them to me, I get them all passionate and fired up about making art and then send them to a degree programme, yep. hopefully. With a, uh, yeah. Or whatever, wherever they need to go next, because some won't go there. Mm. Not yet. Yeah. Well, do you have any plans to... I know you did a Matariki exhibition Oh, recently? with Jason and Regan and... Uh, Mariah, to me, to me. Yeah. So, is there any plans to have an exhibition? There was a point. Sometimes there was a um, couple of years where it's all I was doing, and I was over it. It's like over it. Exhibition here, you know. It was like I'm done. So now, I few and far between. I paint when I want to. Yep. I'm not going to be pushed by dollars, and um, but I have a, a series of work I want to do with Weetaipa. We and my dad were friends, and they were Vietnam it's a ceramic, vets. Ceramic, ceramic artist, because yeah. Kiriyama yeah. was here too. Yeah, I know yeah. Kiriyama. So there's, there's this whole fauna of, of um, yes. artists that, you know, we, our parents, you know, we're tied by or by different things, you know. And then we've got sand, likes of Sandy Adset and June Grant going, hopefully, because they, you know, they're all getting a bit older now. Yes. <laughs> well, you Jim, know, I mean, our, in the space um, of a month, you had uh, Manos pass away. He, he was my mentor. Manos True. was up north. Yeah, yep, yep. yep. Manos, we, Bayridel. Because I was an, um, a sculptor before I was a painter. Really? I wanted to be Dufakairo. I wanted to be a carver. So 3D. So these three men inspired me. I was like, you know, you become their apprentice. So yep. Yeah, making cups of tea and the most brilliant men. Lucky, so Miss Manos. Mm. Yeah, it's been a lot. Yeah, he, he inspired lots of people. There is something else, and I've just forgotten it. But I'm sure. No, about the exhibition. I'm sure they'll let me know if I forget. <laughs> <laughs> but I've I've done with token stuff. If I'm gonna do something, it's going to be something that's worthwhile and. The right integrity behind it. So you obviously and good work. I want the whole point of me going away too is to get refreshed, have another view on the world, and do some new work. I'm bored with my work because that's what you do.